0: Hi friends, welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder.
1: Of of the space wellness i'm a level one crossfit trainer a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to baron camille please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes thanks for joining us we're so happy you're here Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. We have one of our favorite people in the whole wide world on today, Liz Wolf. Liz, thank you for being here. Yay. Thanks for having <laughs> me back. And you sound a little tired.
2: Are you um, exhausted from Disney World? Yeah, weirdly that I came back from Disney World with no energy left, no will <laughs> to live. <laughs> You're like going to go crawl in a hole for like two weeks now to recover. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: Amazing. I'm going to ask you more about that too, by the way, but I guess we'll, we'll introduce you for those of you who aren't familiar with Liz. Liz is a health and wellness writer and nutritional therapy practitioner with a passion for real food, safe skincare, and healthy babies and families. Her work includes the wall street journal bestseller, eat the yolks and the purely primal skincare guide. And she also co-created the online pregnancy and parenthood community, Baby Making and Beyond, set to launch this year, which we are talking about today. I can't believe the day is actually here. We're g- gonna talk about it. <laughs> so exciting. Um she also blogs at realfoodliz.com and co-hosts the Balance Bites podcast. In her spare time, she chases her rambunctious toddler in her chases her rambunctious toddler in her new
2: lakefront community. Is it a retirement community? You know, not <laughs> officially. And <laughs> so my family has been out here for like 50 years so like grandparents and my parents and now us and it really started out I feel like it was really just the the baby boomers that mm-hmm. were out here like the older generations and now there's a ton of young people here which makes it really really fun we even have a, a preschool on site that is so cool so is that That's where cool.
1: is that where the little one goes
2: yes oh my gosh how convenient I know. is that literally two minutes away by golf cart <laughs> do you drive the golf cart to school or do y'all walk or is oh, it yes. mixed oh yes We have not walked yet. We really should, but it's more a matter of time management. Mm -hmm. If we wanted to walk, it would probably take us 15 or 20 minutes. And usually, you know, like preschool starts at 9. We're usually ready to leave the house at like (laughs) 8.57. Right. Oh, I
1: know that. I know that feeling well. (laughs) Yeah, we're the family nowadays um, that roll up like, I mean, just every day. Every day, 20 minutes like late. Bear's upset because he's missing the playground. And we're like, well, yeah you're the one who had to pick
2: out your clothes. It took 25 minutes. You didn't want to eat your breakfast. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, crazy. I can't handle Like, we're in this. So I don't even know if my kid qualifies as a toddler anymore because she's almost four. Yeah. But I guess 4T is still a size, right? 4T, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's toddler. Um. But she is in this stage of, like, I couldn't figure out how to describe it. But what the way I think of it now is, like, your friend at the bar, it's like, 2 a.m. She's completely hammered and wants to like have a conversation with you. And she wants to like pick stuff up off the floor. She wants to eat something that somebody already abandoned at this table over here. She wants to find her coat. It's just like that flopping around, like like drunk movement. I, I don't. I can't get her to do anything I need her to do without this whole long drawn out like nope don't eat that nope don't like why are you falling over why do we need to twirl right now what are you doing I know and it feels like
1: the more you try to like gently control the more they teach you like no you're on my time (laughs) yeah I feel you friend I totally feel you um I'm sure we could just chit chat about and like totally like be in solidarity about that for like hours and hours and hours. But we do want to talk about your program today, which for those of you who don't know, Liz has been working on an incredible program for how long has it been, Liz? Oh, like four years. Four years. (laughs) But you know, that just means it's going to be amazing because I know having had off conversations with you about this program, like you are so dedicated to the fact that you want it to be just incredible. And I know most people say that about the things that they create as well. But like, you are very, 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 gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? You want it to be as close to perfect as possible, which I admire that because it's so terrible. It's
2: not terrible. It's admirable, you know, and I think, go ahead. I've had to have some conversations with my team, like, for them to remind me that B minus work is okay, because A plus work that never gets released Mm -hmm. can't help anybody, Mm -hmm. but B minus work can. And I'm like, I I don't know how to do that, even though I've gotten plenty of B minuses in my day. But for some reason, this feels different. It's like kind of like, you know, was this, is this program been more difficult
1: to conceptualize and put out into the world than Eat the Oaks? Oh, yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Eat the Oaks took me a lot I mean had I had several extensions from the publisher on that book and I didn't think I could get in any more detail about any topic and now I have. And isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how I thought I would release this program like before I had my daughter <laughs> or like right after or somewhere in that first like year. I just think it's so funny that I thought I could know so many things to put into a program before I really even like got my merit badge as a parent.
1: But you know, I think that's the beauty of it, because you you know, and you even have said before, it's like this program is going to be evolving, right? Because things are always evolving in the world of conception and fertility and parenting and all of the things. And so I think it's just fascinating and admirable to me that for you to even say that, like, this is a huge work of like, I mean, it's a huge work of Mm -hmm. knowledge and you know, information that's going to be, it's not going to ever be perfect, right? Because no, everything's no. always going to be evolving. And I think I, I appreciate that for once, for one, because like as a parent going through it, like you said, your merit badge, it's like, there are all these things that I thought were true then that I've learned differently now and through experience and research and all of that good stuff. So mm-hmm.
2: I love that it's an evolving program. Well, let's, let's hope that I can keep up with it. And of course, Meg, the midwife, who is my mm-hmm. partner in the program, I know you'll have her on your show pretty soon that we can keep up with that. And I, you talked about my book a second ago. And one of the reasons I, a lot of times, the question I get a lot is like, why don't you just write a book? Mm. And it's because I've done that. And there are several things in the book that I wish I could go back and change or rewrite or update. And it mm-hmm. drives me bonkers because I can't do it. But when you have an online program, I can log in and I can change stuff and I can mm-hmm. send out an alert to everybody that's part of the program and they can know exactly what has changed, what new information has come out. And I just couldn't, there's no other way to do this in my opinion.
1: I, I totally agree. I'm excited. And I, for one, have gotten to see the program like as a contributor and kind of as a part of the beta testing group. It's amazing and incredible. I, I can't, wait for it to be in everyone's hands and so that's why like i'm just so excited we got a ton of questions about the program i know a lot of people are intrigued and interested and i kind of want to hear your take i mean we've chatted about it a little bit you know behind the scenes and stuff but i really want to hear your take about how you came up with it how you decided what your you know excuse me, your main ideas were going to be in all that good stuff, because I know everyone is really, really curious. I have people that literally messaged me today and they were like, I've been waiting for this for, you know, however many years. But oh I had God, my fr- I had know. my first kiddo and I'm, about to have, I'm going to have my second one soon. So it's going to be good for my second one. I'm like, yes, that's a great perspective on it. But people are dying for it. And I think it's going to be such a good resource for everybody. So before we dive in to what it is and all of the like modules and the pillars and, you know, how you came about creating it, I want to know my icebreaker question is your best and worst part of your Disney World experience, because this is on our to-do list for the next one to two years. And I know many parents were following along with your experience, like just laughing along and nodding their heads. So tell us, tell us the good, the bad and the ugly.
2: This is such a good question. And I am not like, so we decided to go on this Disney trip. I do not know why. I think I've been having, (laughs) oh my gosh. So another, this is going to go back to the fact that I cannot like not provide context for anything that I talk about, which is why I end up having to make programs and books (laughs) and stuff like that. Like, I can't just answer your question. I have to tell you everything. Of course, please do. Okay, well, and by the <laughs> way, this drives me nuts when my husband does this. If I'm like, hey, honey, are you going to be home on Thursday? I want him to say yes or no. I don't want him to say, well, so Thursday is going to look like this and then Friday and so I can do that on Saturday. And then I'm like, no, no, no. I asked one question. I had this much space in my brain for the answer. So I apologize in advance. I love huh. it. So I think my husband and I were struggling with some regret that we never did anything cool when we lived on the East Coast, when we mm-hmm. lived in New Jersey and did not have... A kid. Uh, we didn't do anything fun. Like we could have gone to New York a bunch of times and all kinds of different places. And so we got. We kind of had this moment a couple of months ago where we were like, if we decide to have a second kid, which I go back and forth on daily, <laughs> every minute of every day, um, we we're not going to do anything for mm-hmm. like four years because I literally like just just got to the point where I was ready to leave the house and like go to the store with my daughter versus finding somebody to watch her while I went to the store. I'm just. Right. I get nervous. It's hard. So it we were hard. like, all right, let's go to Disney. Let's just do it. <laughs> let's just rip the Band-Aid off and go to Disney World. <laughs> yes. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. And like, there is no more, like how much more intense could we have gotten? I can't think of anything. No. We could have done more. I literally more. can't
1: think of a more difficult, in my no. mind. I'm sure some people are like, Psh, it's no big deal. But like, we're very similar in a lot of ways. And I'm thinking like, this seems like an undertaking.
2: Yes. And a little bit of a nightmare. And we booked the trip. We worked with like a travel agent, which I highly recommend because as far as I know, like these Disney travel people get paid by Disney. Mm. So it's not like you're going to pay extra money. You're just going to have somebody basically planning for you. Mm. And kind of helping you remember everything and which things you want to do and whatnot. And so that was great. Um, it was, let's see, Erin Jensen from, I think, Key to the World Travel. I'm not Ooh. 100% sure, but if anybody wants her email, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm going to send it to you. She did a good job. And so we decided to go for it. And from the second we booked it, I was like, what were we thinking? But you know what? It was good because it was booked and we were going to go. And we went and we stayed at the Polynesian, which is on site. And I didn't learn much. I'm not one of those like major Disney people that like knows everything about Disney. And I didn't do any research ahead of time just because... If I had done that, I would have gotten overwhelmed. It would, it would have been like when I found out I was pregnant and I spent three months doing nothing but Googling like message boards about which stroller <laughs> do you get, <laughs> which ended up being completely like unnecessary and ridiculous. Anyway. But so. in your mind, a necessary thing. Yes, yes, in my mind it was highly necessary, <laughs> but I kind of relinquished that control, which was nice. And uh, I'll give my a couple like tips that were really good for us. We stayed at the Polynesian, which was on the monorail, which I really liked because you didn't have to um, like fold up your stroller. Well, you had to fold up the no, you didn't have to fold up the stroller on the monorail. It just took you right to the Magic Kingdom. Um, which was great. We went for I think like four or five days, which was plenty for me. But if you talk mm-hmm. to some people, they'll say you should go for like seven to nine days so you can do everything at all the parks. And I was like, I I am going to trust my gut on that being a terrible idea. Yeah. So for me, that was a no. Um, we did bring like an umbrella stroller, which was great. I actually had been saving up for this stroller forever. It's not like a true umbrella stroller. It's kind of like calling like a hummer like a mid-size suv <laughs> ridiculous. but it was the up a baby menu which is pretty new and it folds into fourths and you can fold it down with one hand so mm-hmm. the kid would hop out and then i would just fold it down into this little tiny package and just sling it over my shoulder which was awesome
0: what totally unnecessary a stroller purpose.
2: you slung over your shoulder
1: i'm i'm having a hard time picturing that but it's it an umbrella stroller
2: okay technically not really an umbrella stroller other than that it was foldable into a little fairly small package but it had like a pretty big basket underneath which ended Mm. up being really helpful so that was great I saw a lot of people with those super lightweight umbrella strollers but there's like no place to put anything yeah in those so I love, love, love that. And that's not sponsored. I really just wanted <laughs> one. My big regret, not a big regret, but I always have wanted like an up a baby stroller because they're so like high end. It's kind of like the Vitamix of strollers. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, four years later, I finally pulled the trigger. So that was great. Anyway, the other thing about Disney was the fast pass. Like if you can possibly afford to spring for a fast pass, it gets you to the front of the line on It basically any ride. And so if you really want to actually like do things while you're there and not be waiting in line for 90 minutes for every ride you want to go on, you've got this fast pass. You can set a window that you're going to show up and ride the ride. You go, you use up all your fast passes. You get three every day. But once you're done with those three, then you get one more and one more and one more. So it's really, really great to maximize your time and actually getting to do the stuff that you paid to come to do. Mm, That is so smart. So totally worth it. Totally worth it, especially
1: since some of those rides, they're three minutes long. Yeah.
2: And so you're you waiting wait in for line like for an hour and yeah. a half. No. So realistically, how many rides could you do in a day? That's such a good question. We kind of skipped out on a lot of stuff we knew we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to meet all the princesses, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because when before my daughter was born, I was reading books on gender neutral parenting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just—it it, is—it hap- is. It is what it is. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it happens. Just. Yeah, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, she was only playing with cars. She was sleeping with a UPS truck, a little <laughs> model of a UPS truck, and now it's princesses and UPS trucks. But she did ask for like a sword instead of a magic wand. They were hand- handing out at um, at lunch, so that was that was cute. It's cute. But anyway. Yeah. So there's one thing is kind of funny as Elsa and Anna are like, I don't know why, I guess it's because they're like Nordic or whatever it is. They are in Epcot. So you will not meet Elsa or Anna at Magic Kingdom. You have to spend like a half a day or a day. I loved Epcot because it's like all these different countries are represented and they have all these kind of old vintage Disney stuff, which is cool. And then Anna and Elsa, you can meet them at Epcot. So that is a must if your kids love Anna and Elsa which have you seen the trailer for Frozen 2 oh my gosh I I saw that it got released I have not watched it yet I'm is it good it's I mean it's one of those trailers that you can't tell anything like nothing that you you can't tell what it's about but it looks awesome like just even the the animation of it looks incredible so I'm excited about that I'm so excited. I'm just guessing that if Anna and Elsa were actually at Disney, at Magic Kingdom with the rest of the other princesses, like, nobody would care about Cinderella anymore. (laughs) Which is
1: sad. We just started getting into the classics, too. Like, we're watching Cinderella and Snow White. And, like, I just, like, there's, I mean, they're definitely not as high death as uh, Anna and Elsa, but they're, I don't know. I have a so special place in my So we watched
2: Cinderella yesterday, and it really is so good. And some mm-hmm. of those themes of like, oh, the man is the savior and all this stuff are subtle at mm-hmm. most in mm-hmm. Cinderella. Whereas we watched Beauty and the Beast, because we hadn't watched that before we went to Disney. We watched that, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I think Beauty and the Beast, as much as I love it, it also might be that and The Little Mermaid. I love them so much, but I'm so torn because I think they have some of the worst like overt messaging Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. looks being important and i i don't know but cinderella was not terrible at all it's very sweet they even prince charming and cinderella spent like the whole night talking and walking and getting to know each other before he fell in love with her (laughs) oh you're very (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so all of that to say the best and the worst part of disney were the same it was like the princesses and the rides and all of that stuff. It was so great to see my daughter so excited, but it was also like how many children have smashed their face into your dress mm-hmm. and how many germs are we picking up <laughs> and you know, things like that. So yeah. But Did it, you it guys make fun. it out unscathed in the germ so department? Far. So okay. far, so good. But you know, those things, they, they, they take you out. Yes, yeah. totally.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm excited. Uh, my So Cammy is the same. She is like, she is in the the same phase as your kiddo where she, like, she doesn't want to wear bows. She doesn't want to wear, like, dresses. She wants to wear Ninja Turtles. And part of this, I think, is having a brother as well who loves all these things. But she's, mm-hmm. like, she wants a sword. She doesn't want me to, like, I mean, she is just, like, no, I'm not. But, like, she does also gravitate towards, like, playing pretend with princess stuff, but she also has like, she wants to fight in her princess outfit. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's a really cute, like dichotomy to see. Like, I like that. Yeah. Like them growing up. And it's interesting to see how much of this will be like her and how much will be like this outer influence of, you know, our family and everything. So exciting. Okay. I'm gonna, definitely going to pick your brain. You should do
2: a, a Liz's guide to Disney on the blog. Oh Lord! <laughs> I have, like five tips: get a fast pass, bring a stroller, bring sunscreen. At the end. I did like the the parade was really cool. You got to stop and like get a spot for the parade at the front. Okay, the,
1: there you so go. At three o'clock
2: every day. Yeah, there, there you, you have go. it.
1: Those that's are that's 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 the top five. Okay, <laughs> sweet. So, do you want to talk about baby making and beyond? Okay. All right. So, okay, you've been on the podcast several times, but tell us a little bit more about you and how specifically your road to like how did this program came, come to be and why did you feel a desire to do it and the need for it I'm
2: so excited to learn more about this by the way oh yay well I'm glad uh <laughs> you've been such a good cheerleader too and it's been so fun to have you on the team working on recipes with us and it's just it's I'm I'm just happy that you've had that extra little bit of insight so you know you know how hard we're working and what we're trying to do which oh is my cool gosh, totally so the program, I guess I have a history. This is coming back to me needing to provide context for everything where I can't just answer one question. I have to give all of the context of that question. And that started way back when I was writing the book, Eat the Oaks, or before I wrote the book, Eat the Oaks, where I felt like as a nutrition practitioner and even just as a blogger, um, I was explaining this same things to people over and over again. Like We would talk about saturated fat and why it's not necessarily bad. And we would talk about whole grains, maybe not being your best choice for carbohydrates and talk about why animal protein is not necessarily bad and why the China study is a horrible book that no one should ever read. And it's based on a study that actually didn't conclude the things that were in the book. And so I remember getting the same questions over and over and wishing that I could create a resource that answered everything that I could just hand to people and stop repeating myself. And that would hopefully free me up to do, you know, more expanded work in the same field if I could stop answering the same questions over and over again. So I wrote Eat the Yolks and that was my like big, here, read this um, with regards to food and all the lies and myths surrounding food and the standard American diet. And I guess a little bit even before that, I was really into like natural, safer skincare. And you know this, obviously you are on, we're on the same beauty counter team. And I had written a like 200 some page skincare guide all about natural skincare and how your your diet and your lifestyle affects your skin and how to take care of your skin without common irritants and potential hormone disruptors and things like that. So I put all of that in a guide to give to people. At the time, it was like I was working one on one with a lot of people with skin issues and paying my hourly fee was a heck of a lot more expensive for folks. Than paying thirty five dollars for everything I needed, you know, I wanted them to know about skincare, so it was more cost effective as well. So that was great, and just kind of a way to make the information more accessible to more people. So I have a history of, of putting together programs that include everything that I feel like I know and everything I want other people to know. But putting together baby making and beyond has been a lot more humbling than any of those experiences. I knew that everything that I had researched and everything that I had looked into was going to be helpful to other people. I mean, I knew people would want to know because I was talking about it online and getting a lot of the same questions and I wanted to put everything in one place. Well, Meg Reburn, Meg the midwife, who is a midwife in Canada, which I've said many times is awesome because in Canada, their healthcare system is set up such that midwives are... um, paid by the government and they work in both home birth and hospital settings it's it, it's the choice of the mother um, to a certain point so Meg has attended births in the hospital and she has also attended births at home so she her clinical knowledge is insane and she crosses both worlds which is really great and she had approached me long ago about doing a program together and just kind of combining our knowledge and our um, I don't know, talent for research and things like that. And I was like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. And then we started doing it. And I started feeling really, really, really humbled, especially after my daughter was born, feeling like I had set out to maybe create a program that was based on that kind of perfect ideal of this is how you do Um, you know, whatever, natural birth. And if you do X, Y, and Z, then the outcome will be, you know, Q. And this is how it works. And then with my birth kind of totally going a little bit crazy and parenthood being so humbling, I quickly learned that a lot of what I had already put in place for the program needed to be completely thrown out and revised. We needed to make it something that would help anyone and everyone, no matter what they wanted to do with their birth, whether it was in the hospital or at home, We really wanted to help anybody versus just say, hey, do this and that, and then the outcome will be predictable because that's just not how parenthood works. So we wanted to put everything in the program that we possibly could. My knowledge on just healthy lifestyle and doing the best you can to take care of yourself to the best of your ability without stress. And then Meg's clinical knowledge of fertility and birth and and both of our knowledge postpartum. We're just putting it all in there for hopefully people will feel like they have like that mom friend that you can go to that happens to have a resource for everything. Like, Hey, do you know anything about this? Type it in the search bar and boom, something pops up from people that you know that you can trust rather than having to spend a ton of time on message boards and Googling late night, which is what I did. And it drove me crazy.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You and I have a very, I mean, we've talked about this on previous episodes and stuff and I just resonate 100% with you saying like, you know, you have this idea and especially it's just, it's a hindsight, right? Like having Mm -hmm. been through this before, it's like when I was pregnant with my first and in the preconception phase, it was like, I eat this way. I take these supplements. I do all the birthing classes. I work out. I do CrossFit like five times a week. I am going to rock this birth just like I've ever, I've rocked everything else in my life that I've prepared for. But mm-hmm. it's like the first great teacher that like I mean the whole experience is is humbling at least mine was that like you can't control everything. You can no. do your best. You can. You know, take the information that you have at hand and try not to stress too much about it. Put what you can in place based on like your budget, availability, and all the things that you know and that you research. But like you, ugh, it's for a perfectionist like me that it it's a hard pill to swallow that like mm-hmm. you will never get it perfect. Yeah, you I don't will know never if be that's, the perfect,
2: mom. You will it, never. You will never be able to predict. It's not a machine with like a predicted output for every input. It's like a living organism mm. <laughs> where you can pour something into your child and the result is not what you anticipated it to me to be. And like as a perfectionist and as, and by the way, when I say perfectionist, it's not that I have everything in my life perfect. Right. It's that I don't like to do stuff that I can't do perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes parenthood so hard for me is that you can't do it perfectly. And you have to come to terms with that real quick, or you're going to be really, really just struggling. And I did for a long time.
1: And I love your evolution of how you originally said you wanted the program to be and how it changed after you kind of went through that experience. Like now it's a, it's not a do this and you will get this result. It's a like, here's how we can support you no matter what. You're going through no matter where you come from, no matter what your end goals are, like no matter what your birth experience ends up being, like it is just a a a timeless resource, I feel like, for for everyone.
2: Yeah. I hope so.
1: I I mean, I I believe that it is, and I've worked my way through most of the modules now at this point. So it is incredible. Um so on that note, tell us a little bit about. So I'm I already kind of know the, the, what your answers are sort of in advance, but I want, for everybody to kind of get a little bit of a better feel about what to expect with the program. I know there's four major, I guess you,
2: what do you call them pillars or do you call them like well, modules? We're still trying to figure out exactly how we want to position this. We're not the best marketers. We are great at putting information in place, but as far as how to <laughs> the elevator pitch, we're not so good. Um, but there, You're doing a great call, job. Okay, good. So far. (laughs) Thankfully, this podcast is long form. And I don't Mm -hmm. like I can kind of ramble a little bit. But it's so we call it the core four. And that's because it rhymes. And I like rhyming. And I like alliteration. And I like assonance. And I like all of those things. (laughs) But we call it the core four. And basically, this is kind of my purview. So we talk about uh, nutrition, movement and exercise sleep, and then stress. So those are the four things that basically, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Everybody kind of needs to do their best to have those things in place to be at an optimal level of health for fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. It's not gonna make everything perfect because nothing can do that, but it really gives you the best foundation possible. Okay,
1: so how did you, when you were, I mean, did you always have this conceptualized as like, you know, all of your research and information would be kind of fall into these categories? Or did this kind of evolve as you were doing
2: research? Oh, it totally evolved. It yeah. totally evolved. We did so much writing and outlining over the years. And until about last year, it did not really start to materialize what this should look like until last year, which is another reason I'm so grateful we took so long to do this because at first we were going to do this really detailed section on nutrition and fertility and then a really detailed section on nutrition for pregnancy and then the same thing for postpartum and what we realized is that we are going to make people so stressed out Mm -hmm. feeling like they had to do all these crazy different things for all these different phases and while that probably could have sold us a lot of programs I really just think it was not doing right by our baby making Mm -hmm. and beyond mom's And so Mm -hmm. what we needed to do is we needed to find the minimum effective dose that was the same across all phases and give people these really simple tools to feel like not only do I know what to do, but that I can do it and maybe I can actually just feel better about what I'm already doing because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are doing a great job, but they're stressing so much about what they're not doing that they're kind of negating all of that positive energy that they're getting from the good things that they're doing for themselves.
1: Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense, which is why I'm excited. I have it a little bit further down in my questions to talk about the stress module because (laughs) I feel like even outside of the whole baby making beyond concept, like that's where I'm at in my life where it's like I eat fairly well. I move my body on a regular basis. I get decent sleep, but I still haven't tackled the stress aspect of life. And that's a whole like mental mindset shift. Um, And I feel it, right? Like I feel it in how I feel during the day, how I metabolize my foods, how I utilize all the things that I'm doing for my my body. Like it's just, it can really, really easily offset all the good things, right? So I'm excited to learn more about that. Before we get to the stress though, tell me about some of the things and I know like I don't want you to give all the information away but like it's okay I'll give it away (laughs) in terms of the nutrition module is it tell us a little bit more about it what can we expect to find in that module that will like if people are like okay I, I know like eat paleo or eat high fat or low carb or whatever like I'm already gonna do that is there anything just in there that you're
2: like people need to know this is there anything groundbreaking the one thing that I really w- would say is science, science-wise, scientifically, that I'm really, really proud of is we kind of came down. If you're, if you're in the paleo real food ancestral health community, you know that people really like liver.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I personally found liver to be incredibly health-promoting for me at a certain point in my life. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we wanted to do with this program is not take anything for granted. We did not want to regurgitate anything just because somebody well known in the community had said it before. We wanted to go in and really do the research. And we have a research team, Amanda Torres from the Curious Coconut. She's a neuroscientist. She's brilliant. She's great with research. She really delved into this topic and found some really interesting information about liver consumption, which is so funny to me that there's even studies about this stuff. But it was great to find because it wasn't it wasn't something we expected to find a lot of information on. And I was really grateful that we did. Now, what we found about liver is that at certain levels of consumption, which are probably close to, if not even less than what a lot of people in the ancestral health community are promoting as necessary for pregnancy, at those levels, we're finding a really an elevated production of toxic vitamin A byproducts in the bloodstream. We don't know exactly what this means yet. We're still researching it, but these are the metabolites of vitamin A that doctors will tell you cause birth defects
0: Mm. as
2: a reason not to eat liver. So Mm. the point is there is probably something to that. It depends on a lot of different factors, but if you are one of those people that has um, yeah. You know, I don't want to say. I don't want to say this in a fear mongering type of mm-hmm. way because I feel like that just adds to the stress. I actually think it's a good thing because it's like, hey, you can eat a little bit of liver, but you don't have to worry about eating like three to four ounces every week. <laughs> yay! Like, yay! Awesome. I think that's yeah.
1: fantastic news personally. <laughs> I do too. I think
2: it's great news. And then we recommend a like a controlled intake of retinol, which is the form of vitamin A found in liver, we recommend like a controlled intake via a prenatal. Mm. So that was kind of our way to have a little bit of both worlds while we continue to delve into this research. Because the interesting thing about the research is that this was specifically pertaining to liver, where we saw these um, potentially toxic metabolites. It was Mm. compared against supplemental retinol, And we did not see any of those toxic metabolites. So this was specific to liver, which was like really kind of mind-blowing for us.
1: I... I'm sitting here trying to wrap my mind around that too because it's always especially like you said in the in the paleo real food community it's like liver it's a superfood like mm-hmm. eat it like I do I take um like an organ supplement the paleo valley mm-hmm. like liver supplement well it's it's And it's, it is it's a total superfood.
2: Yeah. But 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 people are like and this was the mindset that I fell into was like if some is good more is mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And really that's not the case. And isn't that awesome? And if you think about how these foods appeared in nature before we could just go to Whole Foods and buy liver, it was like, if you took down, you know, a wildebeest, (laughs) like you'd have a little bit of liver for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why our bodies can store these nutrients, because they're supposed to be rare. I -hmm. mean, even if you're raising chickens at home, their livers are tiny. That's mm-hmm. not a huge serving per person. So in general, these superfoods are meant to be rare. And um, the nutrients, fortunately, are stored in the body. So that's good news.
1: That is so crazy and amazing. I cannot wait yeah. to like, learn more about that. And because you said you're still kind of processing through everything like, as yes. the
2: information is coming through. Yeah. Okay. We felt confident making our recommendation around that to make sure. One thing we were very specific about is that retinol is completely critical. It's as critical as folate in mm-hmm. pregnancy and early on for development, um, for for so many things. So we want to make sure people are getting it, but we want to make sure they're getting it in the right amounts and not saying, I mean, some of the recommendations specifically for vitamin A... Um, and this is mostly from cod liver oil and pregnancy from some of the resources out there are absolutely bonkers. I I can say that with confidence. It's just too much for most people like talking about 20,000 IU. That's, that's more than you need, but up to 10,000 in the literature appears to be safe. However, um, I think that we can, we can push it down even further without a whole lot of concerns. And so we do show people really simple ways to hit these targets. I don't want people to freak out, but basically what we've done is saying, we know you need at minimum, bare minimum, I think it's 770 micrograms of vitamin A as retinol every day in pregnancy. Here's how you do that. Take this prenatal. And then, you know, once a week have the meatballs that just um, created a recipe for us. So we make it really easy. Like we've Ooh. done this research and then we've put it into sample meal plans to help people kind of understand how to make this work in everyday life. Oh
1: my gosh. I love that so much. Now, if someone's looking at supplements and they're trying to find one that like, what are they looking for? Are they looking for retinol as the, um, like on the list, or are they looking for vitamin A?
0: Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially, you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the lion's mane and coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water, you mix in, the blend, and you're set. They have caffeine, caffeine-free caffeine options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow, and all, they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas all lowercase all one word at checkout you get 50% off check it out see what fits your life and happy shrooming
2: yes okay so on this is such a good question on supplement labels and this is unique to supplements vitamin a is you can list retinol or beta carotene as vitamin A on a supplement Mm. label. So you do want to know which source of vitamin A you're getting. Beta carotene is a vitamin A precursor that comes from fruits and vegetables. In ideal situations, our body can convert some of that beta carotene into retinol. But another reason that this is really problematic is that the body, it is well known in the scientific literature that the body is not very good at converting beta carotene to retinol even under the best of conditions. There are quite a few different things. You can Google the acronym SLAMENGHI, S-L-A-M-E-N-G-H-I, as all of the different reasons and all of the different factors that go into how well your body can convert beta carotene to vitamin A. Another reason you really need to get some vitamin A from retinol um, when you're pregnant. I'm like out of breath because I get so excited. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I can tell you're passionate about it. It's amazing. I am. And I forget, you know, I've been doing this for so long that I forget how important some of these little tidbits are. And so thank you for reminding me of that and renewing my excitement about the program every time I talk to you. No, um, I'm you're blowing my mind right now. Preach, sister. <laughs> okay, good. So the the prenatals that we recommend will have it will usually be listed as retinal palmitate or retinal acetate, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. But anything that basically lists its full content of vitamin A as beta carotene, you that's that's not what we want. That's likely not going to be adequate.
0: Mm.
2: Okay.
1: So we can expect in the nutrition module. Many of these like little kind of, I mean, they're, they're not, they're not tidbits. That's like downplaying it, but like maybe something that people have not actually heard. Like we've all heard, okay, folate yeah. and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, you know, drilled into our heads, but like maybe yeah. some thought provoking things like to make us think a little bit about what we're yeah. putting into our body. Okay. Love it. Okay. Okay. So tell us now, kind of in the same vein, tell us – I know the exercise and movement module is – who did you – who is working on that
2: for the most part? Vanessa Gangler. She is awesome. She's a restorative exercise specialist, and she's also a Restore Your Core teacher or instructor, mm-hmm. Lauren Ohian's program, which is incredible. Um, so she is basically the the totality of our movement and exercise module. And she did a great job. She did a ton of video for us too.
1: Oh my gosh. Video is so helpful. I yes. really feel like when it comes to movement, like how hard is it to read about how to do something versus to like watch and replicate it. I mean, it's just like two different, completely different
2: ways of learning, right? You have to be able to watch it. And she didn't. So this is one of those things where we're giving people what we, this is one where we feel like we're giving people what they need versus what they might want. Um, Because we'll talk about like the type of exercise that's safe or not safe to do. But what we really wanted to do was add a layer on top of, you know, can pregnant women exercise? Yes, absolutely. But we wanted to add some types of movement that actually help the body move better and prepare to hopefully birth easier. So it's not like we're not doing beach body videos. We're not doing pregnancy workouts. That's, that's not our role, What our role is to is to bring something that you don't already have access to out in the world. So what Vanessa put together to help align your body, which is really critical for a more comfortable pregnancy and birth and postpartum, she put all of that together into videos. So you can incorporate these little things throughout your day.
1: Oh my gosh. Like that is something I wish that I would have known like before both of my pregnancies. Right. Because I mean, I've shared on the podcast before and I don't know if this is something you guys dive into on this module or not, but like pelvic floor health and like yes. core health, because I have severe diastasis that, you know, I'm probably come to the conclusion that I'm eventually going to have to have surgical like repair of it because mm-hmm. just it's not like a functional It's not like, oh, I have a little split and it's going to go back together with some some Mm -hmm. exercises afterwards. Um, And so in hindsight, knowing and this is no like it's not like I'm not shaming myself essentially, but like I did a lot of things the wrong way. I did because I didn't know better and I didn't even know that there was anything to consider you know, back then. So tell us a little bit more, like, do y'all talk about like pelvic floor and core health? So we talk about alignment. Obviously that's huge. Um, do you talk about alignment or exercise in relation to how to hopefully as much as you can, because sometimes these things are just going to, going to happen regardless, but like as much as you can, do you talk about how to maintain pelvic and core health
2: through pregnancy? We do. And the entire point of us doing the exercise and movement module this way was to hopefully orient everything toward core and pelvic floor health, mm. core and pelvic floor health. Because I feel like th- this pelvic floor thing is really, it's kind of a new thing that people are talking about over the last few years. But it has been an issue for women since the beginning, probably since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But it's a fairly new topic. But we knew we wanted to orient absolutely everything we put into this module around maintaining the health of your pelvic floor and your core the best you possibly can. Like you said, things will happen. We all bring a story into our pregnancies. And... The way our pelvic floor functions and the way our core functions can be a remnant of things that you've been doing since you were a baby. Mm -hmm. And so we try and be soft with people in that way. Uh, But at the same time, there are quite a few things that you can do, small things on the daily that can really have a positive impact on your pelvic floor and core from postpartum or excuse me, from pre-pregnancy all the way through postpartum.
1: That's incredible. That was going to be my next question. Like, do you guys talk about then like how to gently kind of start the process? I guess, I mean, if she's restore your core, she's going to talk to Mm -hmm. what what do you do postpartum to like, start to engage those muscles again? Like, I'm
2: sure that's in there, right? It's in there. Most of our, most of our movement and exercise content right now is pre-pregnancy and pregnancy. Vanessa was like eight months pregnant when she did all the videos, which is so awesome. Mm. And we do have plans to create more video content around like carrying babies and postpartum pelvic floor rehab and things like that. But I do have to say we made the conscious decision not to put too much in there about mm-hmm. it, because we really want to encourage moms to even if they don't think they have an issue to go see a pelvic floor physical mm-hmm. therapist postpartum because everyone's experience is so, so different that we don't know if we really have the capacity to address people with kind of one broad like, blanket ass- not even an assessment, because we're not assessing people. Right. So we really want to push people toward practitioners like Vanessa, like Lauren Ohayan, and like to their local pelvic floor physical therapist for assessments postpartum. But we, what we are doing is giving people kind of a checklist mm. to look at in a pelvic floor physical therapist, because what's really important is that you find somebody that's up on the latest research.
1: That's incredible. And so, so smart. I can't, I could not yeah. agree more just based on my own experience. Um, mm-hmm. having someone like to actually guide you through that and put their hands on you, not in a weird yes. way, but you know what I mean? Like no, in a weird you. way, there's a rectal yeah.
2: exam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to so, a pelvic yeah. floor physical therapist, not knowing that it was like more detailed than a pap smear, but it's great because they really do ex- assess how your musculature mm-hmm. is working and, and all of that. And at the very least you rule out a problem. Exactly. Totally. Okay.
1: Wonderful little recap of the exercise and movement module. Moving on. Okay. Stress. Yes. I'm very excited about this module. I feel like it is just now becoming one of those topics that people are becoming more aware of. I mean, we all know what stress is, and you know that it's not a good thing, and all that that stuff. But tell me, why did this become a major pillar, um, a yeah. core four? What are you seeing as the the impact of prolonged stress on the ability to conceive and how you heal and, and all of these things related to conception?
2: We probably talk about this too much in the program, mm-hmm. how much stress can affect. But I think that even though a lot of us are kind of hip to this idea, it's still really, it's a really tough one to sell. And I, I mean, I hate to use that word, but People, I think, are most excited about the nutrition portion of the Mm -hmm. core four. Then after that, it's like, yay, more stuff about exercise. Then it's like, stress and sleep. I know, I know. (laughs) But really, truly, like 100% stress and sleep are probably more important than nutrition or exercise. I mean, really and truly. Because stress impacts everything. High stress levels deplete your body of nutrients. Mm-hmm. They mess with your HPA axis and your HPG axis, which is the hypothalamic pituitary gon- no, I say it wrong. Gonadal. Gonadal. I don't know. <laughs> gonadal <laughs> axis. So they affect everything. And high cortisol is also connected with your estrogen levels. It's it's crazy. And I feel like if people, I really and truly, am, this is really hard for me to say, and I'm probably going to lose people saying this, but I would almost rather somebody eats pizza every day and has a stress-free like life than stresses about whether they're going to eat like, like they're going to have time to cook their salmon and oh my gosh, am I going to get my greens? Like mm-hmm. I would rather somebody just eats pizza and takes a prenatal than stresses constantly about everything and whether they're doing it right or not.
1: I just want to chime in. I don't think you're going to lose anyone because I feel like we can all kind of, if we're in this health and wellness sphere, sphere of like influence, it's kind of like, um, you know, I look at my friends who maybe aren't so much into like, all of this, like, Optimizing health and wellness, and they're blissfully unaware. They're great. They're They're healthy in in most ways, you know. And they're just like, yeah, I I do this. It's not a big deal. And it's like, I kind of. It's almost like wish I could go back. Sometimes, you know, not fully, but like to have that blissful unawareness and to float through life not stressing about these
2: things. No, I completely agree. And that's telling. Like, it's very, it's very telling to see Mm. that. And like this is the this is the tough thing, is this whole wellness community, I, I don't know, as it expands, you really have to notice like how people get traffic, how the people that you see that pop up in your newsfeed that you hear about are generally the people selling things with fear. Mm-hmm. Like five things not to do and why too much broccoli is toxic, and then you're like, oh god, I ate broccoli last <laughs> week. Like, that that is not that's selling. And like I said, we're bad at selling. We're good mm-hmm. at information. We're bad at selling because we are not going to sell this program like the top 5 things never to do if you're pregnant cuz that's just we already gave you like 1 through 5. Now you're stressing. Now we've mm-hmm. made you stress and mm-hmm. we're doing the exact opposite thing of what we're setting out to do with this program. So, I think it's important to recognize that when you are wellness oriented, you are you're marketed to through fear, just the same as in any other community. So we really want to just take that away. And it is like, sometimes knowledge is power, but sometimes knowledge is stress. Right. Yeah. I wish there was just,
1: I don't know, maybe, you know, I, what What are you on the Enneagram? Have I asked you this I'm a before? Six. You're a six. Yeah. So I resonate a lot with six. And I don't know if it's just maybe... <laughs> I kind of just want to, like, disown my, like, responsibility in this whole, right. like, being stressed. But, like, I feel like some people just have more of a tendency to be, like, a little bit, like, oh, my gosh, like, fear-motivated, at least with yeah. my knowledge of the Enneagram. And, now, like, I have friends in this fear who are, like, you know, they know all the same things, but they're, like, meh, like, no biggie. Like, yeah. yeah. I do
2: think I do think personality type definitely factors in. And it's really interesting. One of the most important things to an Enneagram six is feeling like they're supported mm-hmm. and like they're backed up. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's really, really scary to be out there making decisions that are kind of against the grain or, mm-hmm. you know, learning things that are not jiving with the mainstream. Like my, I would love to just go find a, like a pediatrician or a pediatric dietitian and just do whatever they said and just say, so-and-so told me to, yay. Now <laughs> like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, like done, and then I can move on with my life. But that's just has not been my, my lot in life. So but I
1: love that you share that as a person who would craves that kind of support, but also yeah. kind of works around it through knowledge and seeking and pushes yourself out of that side of that comfort zone. Anyways, that's a tangent because I love talking about like the traits and how we we all deal with this information differently. So, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. Okay, so we have listener questions, and I want to make sure we get through everything. But so stress, super important. Tell us also about sleep. So I'm just going to let you take it away. That's okay. my question. Tell us about sleep.
2: This is a really good <laughs> one, and I have to say, like, I... <laughs> So our research team, Amanda in particular, did a ton of research on melatonin and mm-hmm. its action in the like reproductive um, organs, and she found some really cool stuff. Melatonin, first of all, is like a, an amazing antioxidant, but its concentration, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this because I there's so much information in the program that I'm not really good at recounting all of it, but I'm gonna say it's more abundant either in our reproductive systems or in the corporate or somewhere in the reproductive systems than it is in the rest of our bodies. So melatonin is a really, really important antioxidant for fertility. And if we're not allowing melatonin to be released by going to bed, being in darkness, things like that, then it can affect our overall fertility Really quickly. Mm. And I thought that was really, really interesting because it was a very concrete way that we know sleep affects overall fertility. And we also talk about we talk about like blue blocker blue blocking glasses and like blue blocking lights that you can put up in your room. But at the same time, we'll also tell you there's no free lunch mm-hmm. because, yeah, you can stay awake wearing blue blocking glasses or using blue blocking lights. But your body actually needs like all of the other aspects of sleep, all of the other restorative aspects mm-hmm. of sleep um, on top of that melatonin to really be healthy. So prioritizing sleep. for It's like this whole – it's like a waterfall, right? You prioritize sleep and that reduces your stress. You reduce your stress. You can do more with your, nu- your nutrition. It's just like – we should really start with sleep and stress, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that kind of answers my next question. Like, do they all interact? Are they connected? Is there any one pillar more impactful than the other? Mm. And it seems like what you're saying, I'm kind of regurgitate here is like, start with sleep and stress. And you'll be better able to utilize all the things that you're doing in terms of exercise and movement. Like if you had to pick one thing for someone to start working on, what
2: would it be? Oh my gosh, that's so uh, I know, that's probably a loaded would question. would be different on a different day. Okay. Because at the same time, I'm like, yeah, start with sleep and stress. and then, But then I also, something that I talk to my therapist about is like, hey, I feel like I've made so much progress, but I feel like I can make even more progress if I really um, start to pay more attention to what I'm putting into my mouth. You know, mm-hmm. like I need to really be working on getting more B vitamins or whatever it is. So there's give and take there, right? If you're really, for example, struggling um, – Postpartum, I mean, there are certain levels of struggle that you're just going to have after you have mm-hmm. a baby. But at the same time, like you can alleviate some of those things with certain nutrients. So, mm. you know, it's tough. But if I abs- absolutely, absolutely had to pick one, I really think that I would pick sleep because mm. it's just so... You know, we like to blame food for all of society's ills, and I think there's probably something to that. But at the same time, is anybody in the entire modern world not watching TV at night and not mm-hmm. using blue light and mm-hmm. all of that stuff? It's just we all have dysregulated sleep, and I cannot even imagine what um, what really paying attention to sleep and sleep hygiene for more than a week or two at a time, how much that could really do for overall health.
1: Absolutely. And then I'm just thinking about postpartum. It's like, then it might flip flop a little bit. Like, yes, you would want to prioritize sleep as best as possible. But the reality (laughs) of the situation is you have a newborn. You're probably not getting the best sleep of your life. Most people, um, you're probably stressed because again, your body just went through a huge event and your mind as well. It's like completely life-changing. So at that moment, it's like, what can I prioritize? I can really control what I'm eating, not in a yeah. weird, like rigid, structured way, but in a like, this is how I can support my body. I can. But in a, I remember to take my prenatal. Like, yes. Yay. Good job Good for you. You win yes. the day. <laughs> like that's, that's your self care for today. So yeah. like, I feel like kind of like what you're saying, it will shift maybe on a, depending on the day, depending on the person, yeah. depending on where you're at. Like, you know, when I was about to conceive, you know, our first kiddo, even when I was pregnant with our first kiddo, it's like I could take hour long naps. I could take, I could sleep until 10. I could, you know, really get in quality Uh movement every day. And so like, it just looks different probably at different times.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think too, perhaps once you, maybe you can speak to this, maybe sometimes once you have a second or, you know, whatever, third or fourth, you just kind of get forced mm-hmm. to let go of some mm-hmm. of the things that you have to let go of. Do you feel like that happens at all? Oh Please my gosh, ask? totally. And okay, good. Your reality
1: of what is good enough. I know this sounds terrible, totally shifts. And so if, like, I, I don't know, like, I feel most days I'm like, I crushed today. I bathe my children I fed us a meal <laughs> you know like everybody ate something everybody today. ate something everyone's alive we're all good
2: we're in bed by you know a decent time yay yeah. so totally and like you and by the way at Disney World we went to bed at like 10 o'clock eleven thirty every single night it was a mess like but now we're back like you, your right. body can handle a mm-hmm. little bit of bs you know you yes. just have to kind of try and keep those a little fewer and farther between and do, do the good things as much as you can in between.
1: Yes. Because then you get into this sphere of, and I've definitely been there before and I still fight it all the time is where like you get so rigid and structured and like like for me with my kids, like sleep schedule and like, I don't want to travel. I don't want to go visit friends. I don't want to do anything that's going to like take us out of like what I can control. Like I can control the food we eat at home. I can control what time we go to sleep. But like what I found now with two kiddos and five years into parenting is like, it's worth it, you know, to do those things occasionally off out of schedule and get a little, you know, just Have some fun in life without being perfect and
2: it's totally worth it, right? Because you create experiences. My favorite metaphor for that is like to be like a tree where you bend, but don't Mm -hmm. break. Trees are Mm -hmm. so strong and so amazing, but they can also, you know, roll with a lot of a lot of punches. Oh my gosh, I love that so much.
1: Um, Perfect metaphor. Okay, so we have a little bit of time left. Um, I want to end with who do you see this... Before we dive into some listener questions, because mm-hmm. I, I we'll do some like fast bulleted ones for those so we can get through a few. Okay. But um who is this program for? Like how do you see people utilizing this in the end the end game for you?
2: We hope to price it and like put it out there in a way that no matter where you are, you can good, get a good value and get the information that you need for that phase of life. So if you are thinking about conceiving, you're going to want all of it. You're going to want the pre-pregnancy and fertility, the pregnancy and the postpartum and beyond. So you can buy into all of that. But what if you already had your kid and you just feel like you need the postpartum information? You can get that exclusively as well. And then you can go back and and purchase the other ones later get access to those we really are trying to make it easy for everybody to get the information they need without having to invest more than they need to so that's good but we really feel like this is for everybody because one of the things that we've said is like fertility and hormonal health it's overall health. Mm -hmm. Everything we're talking about, it's not just for if you want to have a kid or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of that in there, but just getting to that level of health that for you is sustainable and enjoyable and rewarding. That's what we want for everybody.
1: I love that because we've had several guests on recently saying, and we're talking about this heavily is that like having a period and being fertile is a a vital sign for women, right? Like yeah. to be able to ovulate and to be able to conceive, should you choose to, is just a marker of health. Because I mean, mm-hmm. really, once if we're in a not a very good place health wise, the fertility is usually one of the first things to go. I mean, you can correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Your body's like, nope, we can't get pregnant right now. We can't. We're too stressed. We're too. We're not. We don't have enough nutrients coming in. Like we're not safe. We're not safe. Let's yeah. shut this process down. Yeah. Um, So I love that. I love that so
2: much. Okay. So basically everybody needs this program. (laughs) We've established that. And by the way, before I forget to say this, I do want to say like, obviously the, the overhead on this project, as far as research and ongoing maintenance, it's not small. So we do have a price tag on this program that we feel like is, you know, in line with its value. However, The last thing we want to do is price people out of this information. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have, we'll have a scholarship program. People can reach out to us. We would love it if anybody that can possibly spend the money to support our work does so. Mm -hmm. So we can keep the scholarships for the people that really need them. But we are not going to price anybody out of this program.
1: I love that so much. And I just, I adore you. I think, I mean, you guys have I've heard Liz. You've probably listened to her podcast. You've read her books. And you know that she is like just this like amazingly genuine, authentic human being. And I love that you said that because that's so important. And I feel like health and wellness these days has become kind of like a bougie. It's a rich people game. It's a rich people game. It's kind of yeah, bougie. It's a Gwyneth you know? Paltrow thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people feel that. I, I can't afford to take all the supplements and all the adaptogens and like do yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, at a fancy place, like seven days a week that I'm not doing it. Right. And so I just appreciate that so much, but I will also tell you that the price is amazingly affordable and worth every single penny. So like Liz said, if you can't afford it, um, supporting that work is going to be so helpful for the people who really, really can't, you know, and need access to it as well. Um, yes. love that. Okay. Let's do some rapid fire. Cause I know you have a hard stop. Let's do some rapid fire listener questions. So okay. maybe, and so I know some of these are a little bit more in depth, but if you can give maybe like short, short answers on some of these. So what, one listener asked, "Do you have any knowledge about getting off of hormonal birth control?" I know that's a loaded question, and you're not a do- you're not their doctor. <laughs> uh. But what, give us some tips about that if someone as someone looking to get off of hormonal birth control maybe
2: conceive in the next couple of years. Hmm. Okay. We do talk about this in baby making and beyond okay. coming off hormonal birth control and just overall shoring up your nutrition, paying attention to certain nutrients that can be depleted by hormonal birth control. One would be folate and one would be magnesium. So we talk about that. We also talk about a couple of supplements that can help balance estrogen in the body. Um, and I don't want to say it wrong cause we just went through, um, another round of edits on this section. I think it's methane, and, oh, geez. There was calcium deglucrate. I think those are the two. Uh, but you're going to need, you might need to get into the program to make sure and right. maybe ask Meg about that. And this would also be a good question to have Meg on the show totally. or when you have Meg on the show. Okay, perfect. We can definitely dive.
1: I'll save that one for like a deep dive when she comes in. Um, okay. Tell us maybe instead of top 10 ways to prepare your body for trying to conceive, maybe give
2: us your top three. Um, top three? Yeah. Okay. I could give you top four if I just said the core four. I'll record Short answer, four at baby making and beyond. <laughs> I mean, it's it's always a good time to start with that. I do think if you're ready to try to conceive, probably start taking a good prenatal. We have a couple of recommendations in baby making and beyond. Start taking choline. Mm-hmm. Um, four or five egg yolks a day will give you a good amount of choline, um, but you can also take like a alpha GPC or something like that. I take that. Choline is. Really low, if present at all, in most prenatal vitamins. Um, so definitely look for that. I, if you can afford it, it might be fun to just test your, um, just do some basic blood work just to see where your hormones are. But you don't necessarily need to do that. A good, solid, like normally functioning menstrual cycle is a pretty good clue that you're good to go. If you're not so sure about that, then maybe a little bit of hormone testing might be a fun thing to do. Gotcha. Do you
1: do like, do you recommend blood work through like a practitioner or do you, I know we've talked about like the Dutch test um, on here. Do you have like a preference or it's just whatever?
2: I, the Dutch test is so great because it, It gives you a picture of your entire cycle Mm -hmm. versus just, you know, whatever day it happens to be when you get Mm -hmm. that blood draw. Mm -hmm. So I really like the Dutch test, but I know that's out of reach for some people financially. Um, And if that's the case, there are other tests that you can do. And you can also order them for yourself. If you're a practitioner, some people, their practitioners just don't like to order tests Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. They're like, oh, you're fine. We'll, you know, we'll figure it out if you encounter problems. Um, But you can order, for example, if you wanted to order some thyroid testing or to do a complete thyroid panel to see where you are, because the thyroid is really, really important from preconception, preconception all the way through postpartum. You could actually go to like direct labs or request a test and get a full thyroid panel um, and just do it direct to consumer without having to go through a practitioner. It's always a good idea to have a practitioner interpret your test results Mm -hmm. um, because that can get a little bit dicey if you don't know what you're looking at. But you can order these tests for yourself. Everly Well, I think, is another good company that a lot of folks are having success with. Amazing. Okay. So you mentioned a, like a kind of
1: relatively normal menstrual cycle being like a generally like a good si- sign that you're ready to tra- start start trying to conceive. So this, this listener was asking, she's been a year off of hormonal birth control and still ovulating around day 35 of her cycle. Um, do you, again, you're not, I know you're not her practitioner, but she wants to know, should she wait to try to conceive until her I'm guessing this is her FP is normal follicular phase. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Uh, what yeah. would you What would be your initial
2: reaction to that question? I mean, I, I'm assuming we're reading this right, like ovulating around day 35, yeah. and i I want to, I would want to know if I was her practitioner, I would want to know. How do you know that you're ovulating mm-hmm. day 35? Is this just cycle tracking, like a, at home, like family planning, um, sorry, taking charge of your fertility type stuff, which we totally advocate and love, um, temperature tracking, that type of thing. Um, the I want you guys to also ask Meg this question when she's on, because I one of the things I've learned from Meg that is really, really interesting is <clears throat> this concept of overexposure to estrogen when the follicular phase is too long and i i don't i'm not super familiar with all the consequences of that but i would imagine there are ways to balance estrogen and ensure that the body is not sort of overexposed to estrogen with this really long follicular phase um And I don't know what kind of hormone testing this person has done or not Mm -hmm. done, but it would be really good to get a more full hormonal picture. Dutch test would be really, really good for that to see exactly what's going on. Um, I can't tell somebody to wait to try to conceive, Mm but I I don't know. Knowledge on these types of things is always good. Yeah, totally. And I think you answered it as – as directly as you
1: possibly could with just the information that we have. I think that I think there needs yeah. to be more information, like an information gathering process um to determine like mm-hmm. why and like how can we offset that sort of thing? So, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. So, I think we've answered a lot of these. So, if someone is you know a couple years out from wanting to have kiddos, is the program still valuable? I would oh, say yes, for sure. Yes. Right, because you've yeah. talked about how it's kind of it's not just for preconception or conception health, it's for general health. Um, and I know you kind of mentioned right now, most of the resources are for mamas who are, you know, planning to get pregnant or currently pregnant. Do you have plans to include more resources for mamas who are in like the kid raising phase? Maybe they're
2: done with conception? Yes, that's definitely on the list. And that's, that's where, I don't know if I'm done having kids, but I'm definitely in the kid raising phase Mm -hmm. and I have no intention of like stopping putting the research st- I will be researching things and sending questions to my research team as long as they are willing to <laughs> stick with me. So I hope to have like stuff for the parents of teenagers down the line. That's amazing. Okay. And when, when
1: people purchase the program, do they have,
2: how long do they have
1: access for Like, will they get updates as things change or? Oh yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, forever. Okay. That's so awesome. Um, and then is most of it online? The program through video? Is it PDFs? Is it kind of a mixture of format? Like, I think this person specifically wanted to know, like, is it, is she going to have to sit and watch
2: all the videos or can she read Mm -hmm. through some of the information? So here's what it is now. And we got to the point where we were like, we just need to get it out there because Mm -hmm. like you said, people are like sliding into your DMs like, Hey, Hey, (laughs) Hey. Yeah. So we went ahead and were, we're releasing everything. And at this point, it is Vanessa's movement and exercise module is a ton of video content. We have minimal video content in the other modules right now. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is basically a website. So it's all online. And the reason we did that versus a downloadable PDF or something that people can download and put on their Kindle is because we need to be able to go in and update mm. things, update resources as the science becomes available. We're still figuring out exactly the perfect way to do this because we do have some downloadable PDFs like for the meal plans and like tip sheets and things like that. Like that for people to print out. But the bulk of the information is contained within the website. So you're really buying access to this community, to this website, and getting kind of these extras with that access. Um, in the future, the next thing in line is to create um, audio files. So it's almost kind of consumable like an audiobook. So people mm-hmm. can listen to some of this stuff on the way to and from work. It's a little... It's a little scary for me to do that because that is a lot harder to update. Mm-hmm. But I think that is really the, the number one thing we can do to make it more consumable for busy people. Mm-hmm. So that's next. After that, we hope to add more video, which in the end, a lot of times video is just kind of like a way to make the program look more flashy, which I am all about. I want it to look great. But what I'm most concerned about is the content. Yes, I, I love that. Okay.
1: So I'm going to end with two questions. Um, is there any information? And we talked about this a little bit, but I'm interested to see if it's changed. Is there any information about birth prep? Um, and if not, does Liz recommend any birth prep courses? Like I'm assuming she's talking about like, um, you know, birthing from within or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, do y'all
2: have anything about that? Yes. Yes, we do. And definitely ask Meg this when she's on the show as well, because she is so great with all of this. And what one of the intentions with the program is like we have we don't have everything for everyone, but we have something for everyone. Mm. So we're not going to be like. Only spinning babies, only birthing from within, only Bradley. It's not like that. It's more, what about, what are these basics that we want everybody to have in their back pocket for if they need them? And then we will refer people out to the programs that are already in place that are right for them. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but spinning babies is going to be great for most people. Some people will want to add the mile circuit. Some people will want to really get into that birthing from within stuff, which I did when I was pregnant. Mm So yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then last one, um, is
1: there any information about C-sections, how to prepare for or recover from one if you have one? This particular listener said she had one with her first and just wants to be better prepared the second time around. Yes, okay. absolutely.
2: I had a C-section and yes, this is 100% my jam. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. I think
1: we did it. We crammed everything that I we wanted to pretty much know about the program into this. And we have a tendency to go long when we get yes, together. We so it's always fun when we're like, Hey, we have an hour and a half. Do you
2: think we can squeeze it all in?
1: <laughs> and I think most people appreciate that. Like I know a lot of times people go to a podcast and they want like a 30 minute, like yeah. clip chunk, but like our listeners, Sorry. Want, yeah, they want to dive in. So I think they're yeah. going to love it. Um, okay. Well, thanks for being here friend. And I'm so Thank excited. You do you, I know you don't have a specific date but when can we sort of expect the program roundabouts to go live to the general public
2: okay so we were doing our, our goal was mid-february it is okay. currently mid to late february okay. um if folks want to go ahead and buy into the the project you can you're not going to find 100% of the information loaded right now but if you just can't wait and you want to get it at the like right now so it's You'll get alerted for when all of the information is loaded in. You can get access to the core four and uh, fertility pre pregnancy now. And we're currently loading in the information on pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. So you can feel free to wait. If you want to do that, you can just scroll down on the website, babymakingandbeyond.com, and enter your email. You will get a little like recipe bonus for giving us your email and we can let you know when everything else is loaded up
1: oh that's so fun oh my goodness is it a recipe from baby making beyond yeah so it's one of mine I think so oh cool that's so fun okay and we'll definitely have links to that stuff in the show notes so you guys can easily find it so okay tell us where we can find you we can find you at babymakingandbeyond.com the program how can we connect with you online and all that good stuff
2: Yes. So babymakingandbeyond.com is where you can go read a brief description of the program and plop your email in there and buy when it is ready to go. You can find me at realfoodliz.com. I'm most active on Instagram. And you can also find Meg, I think she's Meg the midwife on Instagram, and she she is is wonderful as well. And she works one-on-one with women as well
1: awesome she'll be on
2: here soon as well
1: okay awesome friend we did it um yay always if you guys like what you're listening to please rate and review us on itunes we appreciate it so so much it helps get the podcast out to everyone who needs it um you can find laura and i on instagram at laura.radicalroots and at jess.hold the space and email us with questions or ideas for interviews at modern mamas podcast at gmail.com thank you so much for being here you guys have a great day
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time.